Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you for, for Father's Day. We, we also know that there are many dads here. Maybe, maybe they've been through tragedy. Maybe they never knew their earthly father. Maybe they had a bad experience with their earthly father. And today is a really difficult day. And we think about them. Maybe there's dads. Uh, there, there's people and they've always wanted to be fathers. But through so many circumstances, that hasn't worked out. And so we think of those today as well. We just pray that the, that the God of peace, the God of comfort would be there. But we thank you today, whatever our natural situation, you are our Abba Father. You are our Heavenly Father, our spiritual dad. And we receive your grace and your love again in our lives. Amen. Amen. All right. Hug a dad on the way down, if there's one near. And uh, you don't have to. Big welcome to our online community. Great to have you in church. It should cool down once we all settled and we can stop going up and down. You should, you should cool off a little bit. We've got the, uh, the windows open, the doors open, the air conditions on. <coughs> or I'm going to tell you a true story. Two 70-year-old men, Mike and Joe, had been friends their whole lives. When it's clear that Joe is dying, Mike visits him every day. One day, Mike says, Joe, we both love football all our lives, and we played football on Saturdays together for many years. Please do me a favor. When you get to heaven, somehow you must let me know if there's football there. Joe, look, Joe looks up at Mike from his deathbed. Mike, you've been my best friend for all these years. If it's all possible when I get to heaven, I will fulfill this favor. Shortly after that, sadly, Joe passes on. At midnight, a couple of nights later, Mike is awakened by a, by a blinding flash of light and a voice calling out to him, Mike, Mike, who is it? Asked Mike, sitting up. Who is it? Mike, it's me, Joe. You're not Joe. Joe just died. I'm telling you, it's me, Joe. Where are you? I'm in heaven, Joe replies, and I have some really good news and a little bad news. Tell me the good news first, Mike said. The good news, Joe said, is that there's football in heaven. That is actually good news. <laughs> Better yet, all of our old friends and teammates are also here who died before. Better than that, we're all young again. And better still is it's springtime and it never rains and it never snows. And even better than that, our wives are there too. And they're young and as pretty as ever. <laughs> and best of all, we can play football whenever we want and we never get injured or tired. That's even better news. That's fantastic, says Mike. It's beyond my wildest dreams. <clears throat> So what's the bad news? You're in the team this Saturday. <laughs> there we go, dad joke, dad joke. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, everyone.
All right. Well, I'm going to share some thoughts today. It's going to be a very practical message. We're in this wisdom series, and I specifically want to speak to dads and men today, but also ladies, wives, please do not switch off because this is very much for all of us. And um, uh, yeah, it's going to, I, I believe it's going to be helpful. Proverbs 24 verse 3, it's our series verse, says, by wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. By wisdom, a house is built. That's what this series is about, is building our, 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 our finances, our relationships, our marriages, and applying wisdom to them as we move forward. I want to start with a very challenging statement. You might not agree with it, you don't have to, but I want to challenge us with this statement to start off today's message. Ultimately, it's not what we teach our children which defines who they become, it's what we expose them to. Now, I just want you to ponder that for a second. Ultimately, it's not what we teach our children which defines who they become, but what we expose them to. So much of what we expose our children to is good. Family, nature, relationships, sport, wholesome TV and media, church. There's so many good ways to expose our children, but... More often than not, our children are exposed to some of the wrong influences in our world. Peer pressure, an over-sexualized world, prejudices, materialism, the egotistic world of social media. And so many dangerous influences out there for our children. I think every parent wants their children to make right choices, but we can't force them to. And I know, especially as they get older, it's getting harder and harder to, uh, to get our children to do maybe what, they, what we would like them to. Our role, I believe, as parents and as dads is to expose our children to the right influences. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this one down. It's far easier to build strong children than to repair broken adults. It's far easier to build strong children. It takes a lot of effort and you've got to be intentional but it's a lot harder to repair a broken adult. And I want to talk today about my own experience of my dad, and I want to talk about the influence of a godly father. I am privileged to stand here today to say I had a godly father. I was blessed to grow up in a godly home. It wasn't a perfect home, but it was a godly home. And I want to share some, just four thoughts today about raising our children under the right influence and exposing them to the right things. And really, these are four influences my dad exposed me to which have helped me develop as the person I am today. Number one is this. My dad exposed me to the joy of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. John 17:3 in the New Living Translation says, and this, the way, this is the way to have eternal life to know you, to know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, the one who you sent to earth. Our first and primary goal as parents is for our kids to be exposed to a living, real relationship with Jesus Christ, to know you. One of the reasons I am here today is not because my parents had a relationship with religion, with the church, with a denomination. My parents had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
what was real to them eventually became real to me. Our kids won't always listen to us, but they will always act like us. Some of these things I'm going to throw out today are very challenging, okay? But I want us to help understand how, how our children, they've been exposed to so much around them, but how the importance of exposing them to the right things. Our kids won't always listen to us. Come around our house, you'll see that. But they will always act like us. Dads, our kids, watch us. Monkey see, monkey do. And children, teenagers, young adults, all over the world today, they are not rejecting Jesus. They are rejecting rules and dead religion and the lack of a relationship with Jesus. And if we reduce what we do to a religion, to a set of rules, our kids will run from the idea of faith. But if we reduce it down to a relationship, I believe they will run to it. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. In any home, in any church, rules without relationship always lead to rebellion. And so the first thing my dad did was to expose me to the joy of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So how do we do this? I want to just share four things of how we expose our children to the joy of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Number one is this. We continually live with a sense of gratitude towards God. We continually live. Ephesians 5.20 says, Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is Paul saying this? Because little ears listen in. Gratitude, I believe, Dad, it starts with us. And I encourage us to start our daily prayer routine with thanksgiving. One of the things we do, and again, I'm going to share some of the things we do in our home. We're not perfect, far from perfect. And we get it wrong and we miss nights. But one of the things, and Chantel is a stickler for this, but when we're at dinner table, she always goes around the table at dinner time. She says, let's start with one thing that we're thankful for today. One thing. And normally, you know, sometimes the kids are silly and sometimes that gets very humorous, but we make sure that we start dinner with thanksgiving, something we're grateful for today. The second thing to keep a personal relationship, the joy in it, is find the good in everything. Find the good in everything. You know, we've had a cold winter. I know we're not saying that today, but we've had a wet, rainy, cold seven or eight months in this country. And every time it's rainy, you know, it can affect the mood in the home, but we always remind the kids that without rain, there is no honey nut Cheerios. <laughs> They're sitting there, you know, oh, Daddy, I can't go outside. We say, we remind you that there is no grain in the fields unless there's rain. And so we try and connect even on the, the more challenging days or bad days. We try to find the good in the bad. In our surprises, we're thankful. I was taking my son a few months ago to buy one of his cousins a birthday gift at Toys R Us. And it's always interesting taking a child to buy another child a present. Does anyone know what I mean? Can I have that, Daddy? It's not your birthday. <laughs> your time will come. So we're in Toys R Us, and as we walk in, they were doing a special happy day for the children, and they passed justice a present. They said, we're giving all the children who come into the store today a free present. Well, that's amazing. And as we're walking out, I said, Justice, let's just stop and thank Jesus. Because Jesus gave you that present. That came from Jesus. 
And you know, we've got to connect the good things in life to the giver of good things. We connect the good things. So when something good happens to our children, when something good happens in our home, we make sure we connect the good to the giver of good. When we're on holiday, we explain to our children not every child gets a holiday. Not every child gets to be in a swimming pool this summer. This is a blessing from God. We are so thankful that God, you have provided us a swimming pool for us to go on holiday. And so we make sure we count our blessings in our surprises. I want my children to experience the heart of God, but they have to understand that we're experiencing it through his goodness. Not my goodness, not Chantel's goodness, but his goodness. So first and foremost, we expose them with gratitude. And then we continually expose them to the joy of relationship with Jesus through remembering his death and resurrection. It's important that communion doesn't become religious. One of the ways to stop doing that is to make sure we're receiving communion in our home as a family, the importance of communion. As we do that, it keeps the joy in it. You know, we, we take it in turns to receive communion in the Norman family home, and often that's an interesting experience if you ever get to join us. I remember the first time we asked Justice to receive Holy Communion in our house. He thanked Mary for dying on the cross and breaking her body with the animals on Noah's Ark. But he was, he, was, he was taking a step forward. But it's not, a, it's not religion, it's a joy. Then we continually, the third thing to keep the joy in our experience with God in our homes as dads is we continually speak to God through prayer. When do we pray? I think... We, I'm not a big fan of set times to pray. Imagine setting a time to speak to your wife. Chantel, we're going to talk every day at 5.45 to 6.15. At 6.15, I just need you just to pipe down because you've had your 30-minute slot. Who knows that's not relationship? And we try and teach our children that the joy of having a relationship with Jesus isn't that you just don't get to speak to us, that you can speak to God at any point. Miracle came home, she had some exams. The last couple of weeks she came and she said, Daddy, just when I went into the, into the test hall, she said, I said to Jesus, can you help me? The joy of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't limit it to church. Don't limit it just to a certain time. I want to expose our children to the fact that Jesus is available to speak to at any point in their day. On the way to school, before they sleep. When, you know, one of the things we do is when an ambulance goes past... When an ambulance goes past, we always stop and pray. So an ambulance goes past, somebody's in trouble somewhere. Okay, somebody's in trouble. That's a great way to trigger a prayer in the car and say, God, we just pray whoever's in trouble right now, whether it's an animal, whether it's a human, whether it's a car crash, a fire, whatever, we just pray your Holy Spirit would give the ambulance men some wisdom and understanding and you save life where needs be. And so for us, our goal as dads is prayer isn't a duty, but it's a delight. That our children would take delight in prayer. The fourth, fourth way to keep in our relationship with Jesus is exposing our children to continually opening God's word. Opening God's word. This is my dad's Bible. Some of you knew my dad. This was his Bible. And uh, I think we can all agree it's well read. 
every page is pretty much tore up. It's probably, it's a great question, how old is it? It's probably 50 years old. But he, he wore his Bible out. And we were exposed to the joy of watching our, our dad in God's word. And I want to encourage us all. You know, I, I said to Miracle the other day, I said, where's mommy? And she said, she's reading her Bible. And that really warmed my heart. Because you see, our kids, our kids are seeing this. And I want to encourage as parents, let's read our children a Bible story before they go to sleep. Let's not their last thought on their minds be Superman. But the greatest Superman of all, Jesus Christ. You know, if you're struggling, and I get it, it's difficult. Trust me, we don't get, always get this right. I'm the first to admit it. If you're struggling, try and connect something that they enjoy. Bear Grylls does a brilliant children's Bible called the Explorer's Bible. And Bear Grylls is a great hero for the children and for, for young people. He does a great Bible called the Explorer's Bible. And our kids love the Bear Grylls Bible because he connects everyday life, like climbing mountains and climbing trees and swimming dams to, 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 to what Jesus teaches. And I want to encourage you, maybe it's Superbooks. There's a, there's a program on YouTube called Superbooks. And it's all the, the, the key stories of the Bible. And get Superbooks. It's free. It's all free material. Get it on YouTube. Some of you adults, you'll probably enjoy it too. We've got to model this to the next generation. Number one, dad exposed me to the joy of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, he exposed me to the power of the local church. I believe and wholeheartedly that we are incomplete in life without the local church. This is definitely not a perfect church because of the guy you're staring at. But we do have a great church to bring our children to. And one of the big, big Drivers towards the new building is what we're going to be able to do with our children. We are going to be able to raise and disciple our children in their same age groups as they are in church. So we're not putting four-year-olds in with 11-year-olds. We're going to break them all down into individual classrooms, and we're going to be able to train our children in their age groups in ways they understand. And so we are so passionate about raising children in this church. And I was standing at the door a few weeks ago and this mum came out and her, her little girl was crying. I said, is everything okay? I'm thinking something had happened in church. She said, no, 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 everything's okay. She just doesn't want to leave church. And that just made me so happy, the fact that as children, we're raising them up in a house where they actually don't want to leave church. You know, they get to sing, they get to learn, they get to play games, see their friends, be in the community, eat ice cream. I'm pretty sure there's ice cream going down your kids' necks right now. And church becomes part of their relationship. One of the most, if you're writing notes, take this down. One of the most dangerous things you can ever say to your children is this. Do you want to go to church today? Now, can you, just before you clap, can you imagine waking your kids up on a Monday morning? Do you want to go to school today? Because I know what my kids would say. Yet we, we give our children an option Yet this is the house of God. This is where they find their values. This is the where they find their identity. This is where they find the commitment to following Jesus. And again, I want to say something a little bit controversial, but if we only ever cancel church for other things, but never cancel other things for church, what message does that send to our kids? 
If we only ever cancel church for other things but never cancel other things for church, what message does that send to our children? I tell you, we're going to church today, kids, because we're going to bring our worship. We're going to bring our offering. We're going to receive from God's word. We're going to be transformed. We're going to see all of our family and friends. Now, we, we have, a, we have a, my, 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 my sister and my, my brother-in-law, Nathan, are here. They have five children. They're in church today. My mum's in church. We're blessed because our family's part of church. I know a lot of families are spread out. But one of the benefits of church is this. Sometimes we've got a family WhatsApp group. It's almost impossible to get a night or a Saturday or an afternoon to everyone. Get, everyone's got so much going on. Who, who knows about calendars? Do you know church is the only thing in society that brings families together? So even if I haven't, I haven't seen my sister all week, I haven't spoken to her on the phone, I know that when I leave at the door, I'll give her a big hug. She knows I love her. I know she loves me. I get to say high five to all the kids, and we have a touch point every Sunday. That there is nothing in society outside of the church that can bring families together on a regular basis. I haven't got a text, Joy. Are you going to be in church today? Because I just know we come to church as a family. That's a principle of our family home. So I know even if I get nothing out of the service, I get to see my family every single week. That is the power of the church. Joshua said this, chapter 24, verse 15. He says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That was the verse we we wrote on my dad's gravestone. Because that was the verse he lived It doesn't say my house and me. It's not my house dragging dad to church. It's me, Joshua, the head of my home, leading my house to church. It's a commitment. Dads, we lead our families to church. Take this down, write it down, tattoo it. Success begins on Sunday. My dad used to say that all the time. Success begins on Sunday in God's house. Number one, Dad exposed me to the joy of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, he exposed me to the power of the local church. Number three is he exposed me to the adventure of serving others. We just celebrated Russell and Antoinette because every Sunday they faithfully serve others. There's something about the adventure of serving others. One of the reasons that I've got this adventure inside of me is because I watched dad get this adventure inside of him. When I was seven or eight years old, my dad headed to communist Poland to smuggle Bibles across the Iron Curtain to Christians on the other side. And I remember waving him off as a young man, but before he left, he read a book, The God Smuggler, by by an author called Brother Andrew. And in this book, Brother Andrew said a prayer. He said, Lord, make seeing eyes blind never really understood what that meant. And when dad came back after a couple of weeks in Poland, he told me some stories. And the first story was when they got to the border of Poland, the guards came to check all the luggage and uh, they had caseloads and caseloads of Bible. They had two cases of personal belongings and the guards, if they would have found the Bibles, they would have been taken away. And the guards checked the two cases of personal belongings. And dad prayed that same prayer as they were checking the luggage. God, Make seeing eyes 
blind. And when he came back as a young man, I got excited at seven years old. I felt, wow, if my dad went on an adventure, maybe one day when I'm old enough, I could go on an adventure. And at 17 years old, I went to Nigeria for four months and served in a boys' secondary school with Graham Hollinger. And we had a lot of mischief, but we also helped a lot of young men find Jesus. And we tell you, dads, I encourage you, don't just come to church. Be adventurous. Have faith. Our children are watching what we do. John 12, 26 says, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will be also. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Our children would rather see a sermon than hear one. Our children would much rather see a sermon than hear one preached. For me, my dad's life, he was a, a good communicator, but it was his watching his sermons every day of his life that exposed me to the joy of serving Jesus. My dad's final sacrificial act on earth happened just a few months before he died, and he came over to visit us down in Cape Town, South Africa, and uh, we put her in contact with this beautiful lady. She lived in a, a hut. It's the best way to describe it in a township called Guguletu. And his final act on earth was he gave some money to help build her, her first home. And there was he standing within the first home. The joy, the adventure of serving Jesus. And I encourage every dad, let's not just expose our kids to FIFA. There's no legacy in that. Let's not just expose our kids to us working long hours. Let them see the adventure of us serving Jesus because a sermon is better caught than taught. Expose me to the adventure of serving others. Number four, he exposed me to the atmosphere of a healthy home. A healthy home. My mom and sister are here today and they will tell, us that, tell you that our home was far, far from perfect but we always aim to have a healthy home. Maybe you think that Chantelle and I's house is perfect. Well, it certainly isn't. Come and live with us for a couple of days and you'll experience chaos. Sometimes we don't get along. Chantelle leaves her dirty dishes out and her laundry across the bedroom and <laughs> she leaves the toilet seat down and all these things that she does and Mother's Day's coming and she can get her own back, but She's not even here. Keep going. There she is. Love you. <laughs> so don't feel out of place today. If your home is not perfect, you're in really, really good company. We are a room full of imperfect fathers. We get it wrong. We mess up. But we're all recipients of God's grace in our lives. Is anyone thankful, dads, for God's grace? I pray today we may not have perfect home, but I pray today we would be committed to building healthy homes to those dads who are watching online, to those men watching online, I pray that your commitment would be to building healthy homes. You know, families can be a bit crazy at times, can't they? You know, anyone got a crazy Uncle Barry? Families are like fudge, mostly sweet and a few nuts. Okay, so families can be a bit crazy. Someone's shaking their head, has he said that? Speak to Alan afterwards, he'd love to sort that out. He'll sort that out. Often we look at Proverbs 31 as the perfect woman. Why don't we look at it from our husband's perspective, turn this thing around. 
Every man wants a virtuous wife, but let's look at these verses from a husband's perspective in building a healthy home. And in Proverbs 31, it says, a good woman is hard to find. Anyone say amen? And worth far more than diamonds. Girls, that's your point to say yes. yes. You're worth far more than diamonds. Yes. yes. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has a reason to regret it. Verse 23, her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Verse 28, her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. There are three things in this home, in this family, that jump out from this verse. The first one is trust, the second one is respect, and the third one is praise. I believe a healthy home, we need these three ingredients in our family. If you don't have these three ingredients, today is a starting point. The three things in a healthy home the enemy would love to attack, it's trust, it's respect, and it's praise or encouragement. So many homes are starving in these areas. You think about trust. Lots of things in a home are luxuries. A hot tub is a luxury. A big television is a luxury. A holiday is a luxury. But a home cannot survive without trust. We need trust. Trust is the foundation to everything we do. Andy Stanley says it like this. Trust is the currency of all relationships. And there's one observation about this home. It says her husband trusts her without reserve. A home full of suspicion or regret fundamentally will always be unhealthy. You know, when it, maybe you've been through a, a home and trust has gone and you never understand the value of trust until it's been taken away. So the question is this, how do we build trust in a home? One word, honesty. Honesty. Be dedicated to the truth, dads, even when it hurts. Be dedicated to the truth. If we spend over the budget, be honest. If we tell a fib, be honest. A few months ago, we had a situation at home and the toilet button broke. You know the push button? Now, I am not handy. When I say I'm not handy, I'm not handy at anything. I couldn't even change a plug. Okay, it's just not my... Just not my vibe, Nick Cal. That's your, that's your deal. Okay, I cannot, I'm not practical at all. I've got some people who, who sometimes help me. I'm probably a little bit better than Steve Morstan, okay? I probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't have quite made that schoolboy error. If you're watching Steve, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. So I thought, I'll have a go. I'll be like what every dad does, wants to fix things, so I... Took it off, got the old super glue, in it went, struck it back. And by the way, it looked perfect. Chantel went to use the bathroom, pushed it, no, not even any movement this time. It's just, <laughs> just stuck. And all I hear is, John! That's what she does when I know. You know, sometimes your wife, she calls your name in different ways. John, I know what that means. <laughs> I know what that says. But John, <laughs> that means something completely different. So I'm like, how are we doing? She said, have you 
fiddled with the toilet bun. Have you tried to fix it? No? Yes. Let's just say there wasn't any... John? Like, anyway, anyway, anyway. But you've got to be dedicated to the truth. Dads, we get it wrong. We mess up. We say things. We cop a bad attitude, but we've got to be dedicated. If we're going to build trust in our homes, we've got to be committed to the truth. If you're struggling with temptation, be honest. If you break something around the house, be honest. Just need some water. It's getting very, very hot up here. Oh, that's lovely. Knock, knock. John. John the Baptist. <coughs> First time in church, I am very, very sorry. <laughs> we normally don't do that to first time guests. We normally give them sweets and things, so I'm sorry. Apologies. <clears throat> there we go. Trust is broken, day one. <laughs> All right. That brings me nicely onto the second element of a healthy home, which is respect. I'm sorry, sir. This home wasn't just built on... <laughs> we all good? If you're watching online, you're missing a treat. <laughs> Honesty, it was built on respect. You know, I believe if, 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 if trust creates honesty in the home, respect builds harmony. Harmony. When the, when the home is just moving in the, way, in the right direction. Where there's a genuine respect for one another. Respect says this, respect says we're all different, we all have different opinions and different views, and there's times where we even disagree, yet we continue to respect one another. And I believe as dads, there's going to be times where even Chantal and I, we have to agree to disagree, but we have to keep respect in the home. So how do we show respect to one another? I'm going to give you three ways. Number one is this, take time to listen. Take time to listen. James 1.19 says, be slow to speak. Slow to become angry and be quick to listen. Slow to listen. It's quick to listen, sorry. My wife is huge on this, but she makes sure that we put our phones away at mealtimes. We live in a very distracted world. Some of you, I can see, you're like, this is... But you know, phones, it's just information coming at us, but at mealtimes, they're the sacred times where we get to gather around the table and we get to talk about the highs and the lows of the day. And we get to think about showing respect to one another. And can I, parents, can I encourage you to listen to our children? And children, can I encourage you to listen to your parents? Second way that we can respect one another, and this is huge, is to repair any damage quickly. Repair any damage quickly. You know in relationships, relationships get damaged. Ephesians 4.26 says, do not let the sun go down even while you're still angry. Now, God was generous in the summer because you get more time to clear up any, any of the nonsense, okay? So you get an extra five or six hours in the summer. We, we don't have too many rules in our house. We have a couple of principles, but one of the principles we have is we don't go to bed angry. We don't go to bed angry. and We try to say these words to each other every night, I love you. And sometimes we sort of like, I love you. 
but we make sure we get them out because even whatever's happened in the day, and maybe we've rubbed each other up the wrong way, maybe we've had a heated moment, we make sure as dads that we lead our homes and we end the day with peace. Don't give the enemy a foothold in your life. When the sun goes down with a lack of respect towards each other, let me tell you, it will come up the same way again in the morning. If the sun, something's been broken in the day, take time to fix it before the sun comes down. And the third and final principle of a healthy home, Proverbs 31 says, her husband joins her with words, joins in with words of praise. This home was built on trust, it was built on respect, and it was built on praise. You know, we need to be each other's biggest cheerleaders at home. I have the privilege, I was preaching yesterday in Emsworth down in Portsmouth, I have the privilege of preaching so many platforms around. People come up to me and they say some really nice things and we all love encouragement. No one's ever died from an overdose of encouragement. But when my children or Chantel says well done, it means far more than anything that anyone else can say. When she says, John, you, you did a great job today, it means more than anyone. Why? Because let's not be an encourager at work, at school, at university with our friends, and a poor one at home. A home without encouragement is an unhealthy home. Let's be, our, let's be each other's biggest cheerleaders this week. It was a great dinner. Thank you. That was a, a great way that you loved our children today. Thank you for taking care of them while I was away. Thank, thank you for being a great mum to our kids. Let's be each other's cheerleaders in the family. I believe we're going to build homes. Healthy homes can only be built on trust, respect, and encouragement. So I want to pray right now, and I'd love us all to stand. That God would help us as dads, as parents, that we would expose our children, our grandchildren, to the joys of personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We would live with that spirit of gratitude. Expose them to the power of the local church. Like Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We expose them to the adventure of serving others, this adventure of serving Jesus. And we expose them to the atmosphere of a healthy home. So I want to pray right now. And I want to pray especially for the dads. If you're a dad, would you just slip up your hand right now? I want to pray for all the fathers. Sometimes there's so much pressure on us and we don't like to talk about it. We feel that pressure at times and sometimes we don't know where to take it. I want to pray right now that God would fill you with strength and wisdom as you, as you lead your home. For dads to be as well, you lift your hands. Father God, we come to you right now as dads. And we're the first to admit we do not get this right. We make mistakes. We get burdened by so many things. We disappoint others. We miss, we miss things. We say things we shouldn't. Yet today we're caught up in your grace. And we're so thankful. And I pray right now, every dad, we would receive. Receive fresh strength and fresh joy in our lives. We would receive, Father, again, the realization that you love us unconditionally. We would receive hope again to lead our families. I pray that we would take this message to heart and we put it into practice this week. 
Lord, I pray that there would be joy once more in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, once again, maybe we need to realign our priorities with the local church. Maybe with some of us, we need to get involved in serving, being part of a team and our children seeing us serving others. Lord, I pray for every home that's represented in this room. God, you don't desire us to have perfect homes, but you do desire us, Father, to work towards a healthy home. So I pray that there would be trust in the home. I pray right now for families where trust has been broken. I pray today that there would be honesty again between sons and fathers, between spouses, between mums and daughters, that there would be honesty in the home and trust would be rebuilt. I pray that there would be grace in the home where we've got it wrong. There would be forgiveness and love and we would restore, Father God, strength back into the family unit. Lord, I pray that we would respect one another. God, I pray for those who have difficult family members. Pray for those where relationship has broken down. There's been hurt. Lord, I pray, Father, that there would be respect again. There would be respect back in the home. Even if we have different political views, we have different values, we have differences in so many areas, Father God, that respect would be back in the family home. We would agree to disagree on some of those things which divide us. And Lord, I pray for encouragement, for praise to be in the house. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be just publicly praising others and forgetting those who are closest to us. We'd be those, we'd be husbands and dads and sons, Lord, who would encourage those in the family home. We pray for praise once more for one another. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Let's just seal us with God's presence. Come on, receive His grace. Receive His mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Again, I just want to pray for some dads today that you've been disconnected from your children. That can be 101 different reasons, and that's not what we're talking about today. We want to talk about reconciliation. And it's only God that can put families back together. So I want to pray right now. We've seen this time and time again where God has brought families back together when it seems absolutely impossible. There's so many different scenes. But if you, you know, I'm not here to embarrass people. But if you're disconnected from your children for, for any reason right now, outside of, you know, outside of death, but if you've if been separated from, from, your, from your children, would you, dads, would you just lift up your hand? I want to pray for you right now. Jesus. Can we just come around some of these dads? Can we just cover them in strength and prayer? And see a hand up. Just, just come around. Let's pray. Let's, let's believe God for the impossible in this situation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're at home and you've been disconnected from a family member. Just lift up your hand in front of your computer and in the garden, wherever you are. We're going to believe. I'm going to stretch out my hands towards you right now. We're going to believe God for, for healing in those relationships. Nothing is impossible to God. Father, you see every hand, hand representing children, maybe away from you, away from family. Yet your heart is still towards us. And I pray for the heart of God to come right now and draw close. We pray that there will be miracle stories, that there will be stories of sons picking up the phones and calling the fathers today. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you would reunite families.
Lord, what seems impossible to man is possible to God. And so we pray for healing in relationships. We pray for restoration. We thank you. We cannot do it in our strength. But Father, I pray that you would stir the hearts of your sons today to reach out to their fathers. We thank you, Lord. You are a good, good father. You are a good, good father. Hallelujah. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand because this is a private response. But I know that there's some dads out there that I was speaking and that was really difficult. Because maybe you're thinking I fell into some of those traps made some of those mistakes and I'm responsible for the breakdown of relationship with my son or my daughter and so today you're almost sitting there going oh my goodness why didn't I hear that 20 years ago can I just say that Hebrews 8:28 says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes and today You know, I have to teach this kind of message because there's a lot of young fathers and a lot of dads on the journey. And so I have responsibility to, you know, to, like I said, it's far easier to raise children than restore broken men. It's far easier. So I have that responsibility, but I also know that was a difficult message for others. I just want everyone to close their eyes, but all I want you to do is respond to God in this moment. Say, God, that's me. There is no shame. All shame is from the enemy. All shame. God does not put shame on his children. You would never put shame on your children. So I want to pray right now that God would just fill you with his grace again. And whatever mistake any of us have made, God's grace is far greater. Whatever mistake we've made, the blood of Jesus, it covers it. It covers it. And today you are free. And God has got your children. And God will get them back on track. And God will get them where they need to be. God will help you. God will get them back on track. That's a word for someone today. God's going to get your children back on track and your grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. So I pray right now for every dad who's dealing with a sense of maybe, Lord, just responsibility. I pray you'd lift that responsibility from their shoulders. Lord, I pray that you'd help them, Father. Release them. Father, through your grace and through your strength, Father, you are perfect in all your ways. We thank you that you will perfect it in Jesus' name. You are. Final prayer. I want to pray for every single person here who've never been exposed to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You've heard me talk about it today. You've heard me share the benefits of it, but you've never experienced your own personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe your parents brought you to church. Maybe you've been coming along for weeks, for months, but you've never actually made a decision to follow Jesus. You're not following a church. You're not following a community. We don't want to fall in love with church because this church will, will, will fail you. But Jesus Christ will never fail you. He will never fail you. And that is what my dad did. The first thing he did was expose me to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And today I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal savior. He loves you, my friend. I know it's hot. I know it's sweaty, but this can be a life-defining day for you. It begins simply by opening up your heart to him, saying, hey, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a new beginning. Give me an understanding of who you are, and he'll come in. And today, 18th of June, I think it is, 2023, can be a brand new day, a brand new start with you, with, with, with Jesus. But it starts by opening up your heart to him. I'm going to ask every Christian right now to be praying quietly because this is a moment 
It's a sacred moment as people make their peace with God. If you're listening online, watching online, this is an opportunity for you to make your peace with God. Maybe dad's out there today. Maybe someone brought you along, but you really felt your heart beating a little bit quicker. That's because Jesus, he's knocking on your door of your heart. He wants to come in. He wants to have a relationship with you. I'm simply going to count to three. All over this room, left to right, front to back, online. All I want you to do is simply signal to me by lifting up your hand in the room. If you're online, I just want you just to put a little emoji in there. Put your hand up in the room and one of our team will see that as well. But if you're in the room, in person right now, when I get to three, just slip up your hand long enough and high enough so I can see it. I want to pray for you. One, he loves you. Two, he wants a relationship with you. Three, have the courage right now just to slip up your hand nice and high. I want to pray for you. God bless 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 you, sir. God bless you. Amazing. Anyone else? Just lift it up. We'll wait for you today. Right at the back. God bless you. Amazing. You can put your hands down. We're going to say this prayer out loud. It's going to come up on the screen in front of you. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my heart and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Let's congratulate everyone who said that prayer. You said that prayer, our team have a Bible for you. It's the Gospel of Mark, and they'll be out in the foyers. I'll just be holding them up. Please come and take a Bible. It's a gift from us to you, and uh, we encourage you to do two things. Just make sure you tell someone about the decision you made today. And secondly, keep coming back to church. It's a community of people who love God. Certainly not a perfect community. But it's a community of people who want to do life together and move forward in their faith. So we just want to congratulate you on a brilliant decision today to become a follower of Jesus. Fantastic. Come on, one more time. Let's say a big thank you to everyone who made that decision. Dads, it's our time to rise up. Dads, it's our time to leave a legacy. Dads, it's our time to lead the family. Dads, it's our time to leave a legacy. This is our moment. This is our moment. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.